wish you guys could hear me whenever the microphone is off. That seems to be when I have the best conversations with myself. It's a little harder to do that when I'm recording because I feel like there's a little more pressure. My my head's naturally filtering thoughts out because, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say something too incriminating or embarrassing. It's hard to be as open as possible. I think as I get better at podcasting, that becomes less so. I do start to say things a little more personal, and that's good, I suppose. It's at least entertaining for the listeners. But I still have the best conversations with just myself. And I I realize I've been doing less of that lately because I've been recording a whole lot. But I'm trying to do that more again while still doing this, of course. But it's just a whole nother therapy session. It's wonderful. It's very rare for me to have an epiphany while I'm recording a podcast, but by myself, I'll have, it's not very often, but it, whenever I do have one, it's when I'm alone and there's no microphone in front of my face, but hopefully I'll get better at that as I, as this becomes more natural, it'll get a little better. But yeah, I thought that, that's that's what I'm gonna do here in a second. Just go in the living room and get a a gallon of water. Just to have my glass. I like to have water, and I just talk to myself. I don't really force the conversation. I don't try to make it a certain topic. I just allow myself to just think about whatever and let it occur on its own. Because when you start forcing the topic, that's when it gets a little harder. And I think that's why it's a little... I think that's why this is a little more difficult because you, it sort of helps to come in with a topic in mind. Here, wait a second. There is... There we go. Sorry, uh, there was a piano bar getting ready to show up. I got rid of it. But, yeah. <clears throat> I think I think that's the reason, because whenever I'm alone without the microphone, I'm not forcing myself to talk about anything. I just allow myself to talk out loud or think out loud. But with when I'm recording, you know, there's a lot more pressure to come in with some sort of topic because I, I'm not always going to have... I mean, for the most part, I'm riffing. For the most part, I'm kind of just trying to see what I can what can show up in my head as I start talking. But I generally try to come in with some 
some general general topic. Like today, or right now, I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to them about how it, I talk to myself better without a microphone and see where that goes. And so far, I've, I'm at 130 bars. So, yeah. But I, I really wish people would talk to themselves more. Or just think with themselves. Just be alone in a room with no distractions, no people to bug you, no phone to distract you. Just yourself. And at, at first, it's a little boring, kind of weird, especially if you're talking to yourself. But after a while, it gets kind of fun. Eh, sort of. I guess it depends <laughs> who you are. Because I, I did have moments of like extreme discomfort. Psychologically, like... I would, a thought would reveal itself to me that I haven't really thought about in years, and I'll get very uncomfortable. But that's part of the process, you know. You want to dig those memories out and kind of deal with them, confront them. I'm learning that's my best form of meditation. A lot of people think meditation is just this one thing where you sit down with your legs crossed, you close your eyes for 10 minutes or however long, and you focus on your breathing. That is one form of meditation, and that was one that I did for most of my meditating life. I, I'm thinking about getting back into that. Because it's a, it's a different form, you know, it, it focuses on different aspects of your mind. But for me, the, the one with the quickest results is self-talk. And I haven't read many books that, I haven't read any books that talk about that as a form of meditation. But, you know, also anything that can get you in a flow state should be considered a form of meditation. People who play guitar and they just get lost in the chords, that's, that's meditating, man. Or when you go on a hike and you, you have some clarity, you know, you feel a little more chipper, more pep in your step, that's meditation. Hiking is a, is a big thing for me. I never really considered it meditation, but it totally is. Because I, I leave the trail always in a better mood. I, I'm less shameful. Sometimes I get stuck in my head out there. But I always tell myself, like, I need to keep doing this. Like, why do I skip certain weeks and not come out here? I need to start coming out here re regularly. And, uh, yeah, you, I never regret going on a hike. That's probably the best way to put it. But honestly, there are countless ways to meditate. If, you, if you're just at work, you know, you can just be doing breathing exercises with yourself. 
It, it's honestly not that hard to meditate, and it's not really. It's not going to get in your way. It's not going to impede on your schedule of things that you need to get done. You can be doing it at the same time. But also, find what works for you. Apparently, there's a mantra of meditation where you you take a passage from a book or a quote from somebody, and you kind of repeat it to yourself until it becomes embedded in your mind. But apparently, a lot of people can get real anxious doing that. A lot of anxiety can come up for a lot of people, but other people it works, so... It's really just all about finding what works best for you. But don't, don't, don't think because you're not sitting down with your legs crossed and your eyes closed and focusing on your breathing, just because you're not doing that, don't think that you're, you like, that's the only way to meditate. There are plenty of ways to do it. It gets a, a bad rap. It's one of those things that everyone knows they should probably be doing. Or it's a growing thing. I think it's still in that stage where a lot of people, it's a stigma to them. Like, oh, that's like hippy-dippy nonsense. No, it really isn't. It really isn't. There is so much merit to this. It works wonders. Uh, the sitting down and legs crossed is I you will get results I think but I think the the problem is if you're expecting results that's kind of the issue you know a lot of people want to be enlightened in a week by doing it but no for me it took me about 2 months before I started noticing mental change in the way I was interpreting the world and seeing things. I was just, it was a gradual thing, but I was becoming progressively more positive. More, my, the way I would use my words were changing. I was, I was saying less words with negative connotations. <clears throat> and there could be a lot of factors in that, but that was the period where I was meditating consistently every day for at least 10 minutes a day. It's crazy because 10 minutes a day is not that long to meditate. I mean, you can look how long you spend time on your phone. It is bizarre. How, how long you scroll on your phone. It's crazy. And you can't just put 10 minutes aside to, to do it. And if, but honestly, if 10 minutes is too much, you can just start with one minute. Just one minute a day and go from there. If you can commit to one minute, and I mean, how hard is it to just sit down for one minute? Just close your eyes for one minute, focus on your breathing, and you can decide after one minute if you want to keep going. That's the thing. Just commit to one minute. Don't, you can't, like, it, it would be impossible to feel bad for going, for not going over a minute because you're, oh, wait, what? It would be impossible to feel bad for 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For not going over a minute. Because that's what you promised yourself. If you can just do a minimal version of something every day, just a tiny, tiny version of it, and just commit to it, and then it's just up to you if you want to keep going. If you want to turn that one minute into two minutes, and then five, and then ten, and yada, yada. But just make one minute your commitment. Or same with working out. Just going to the gym should, like, you should consider that a workout. You know, consider that a successful day of working out. Just by getting in your car with your gym shorts and driving to the gym. And at that point, you'd probably be like, well, I'm already here. Might as well get some pumps in. But as long as you can just drive to the gym, that's a win. There's nothing to feel bad about because that's what you promised yourself. And it's up to you if you want to go from there. Keep going, you know. What else? I guess, let's see, eating? That'd be a tougher one, I imagine. Because it's too easy to to do too much. The, like, the problem would be, like, you can't say to yourself, all right, I'm just going to eat one fry. Because the problem is doing a lot of fries. It's the opposite of meditating for 10 minutes instead of one or working out for an hour instead of just driving to the gym. So I wonder how you could apply that to a diet. Hmm. Maybe, let's see here. See, this is, this is why I like talking on the spot because we're kind of just in this together. We're, we're figuring this out. How, how can this work? Um, so like, okay, let's say you're eating a pizza and man, that'd be tough. Well, for me, I, I fast, I go like 20 hours a day without eating most days. And that works for me. It's gotten to a point where I'm not even hungry when I do eat. That might be an issue. That could be a growing issue. I think I talked about that in one of the last podcasts, but it was it was something that was difficult at first, obviously, because your body was used, my body was used to eating at 7 in the morning and then 12 in the afternoon, and I kept telling my body, like, hey, we're, we're, we're not doing this anymore. And it took a while, it took maybe a week for it to adjust, but your body does adjust. I mean, it's... It's great like that. The human body is amazing in that sense with how adaptable it is. So now I, I eat between four and six, at least on the days I work. On my days off, maybe a little earlier, maybe around 12, and I'll eat the last meal around eight. But that uh, that's what works for me. And I still I still pretty much eat whatever I want because I I'm eating less now. I'm just taking in less calories. But I'm trying to think. If you're somebody who who eats all day and but still trying to lose weight, I don't know if I have a strategy for that because it's never been an issue for me. 
I just decided to schedule when I eat rather than limit what I eat. But, yeah, that's an interesting one. We'll put a pin in that one. We'll come back to that one. But working out, that can be an easy one. Um, what's the other one? Meditating. Meditating, yeah. That can be an easy one. Just committing to the minimal, just like the very beginning of anything. One minute meditating, driving to the gym, put it, or maybe not even driving to the gym, just putting on your gym shorts and see if you have a change of heart once your gym shorts are on. Or maybe do some push-ups at home and see how you feel. You get, like you get your blood pumping, you know, and you'll just want to keep doing stuff. Is the, is the thought, maybe not. We'll see. It's this is uh, something I was learning about in Atomic Habits. Pretty good book on habit breaking and habit forming. What else did he talk about? Yeah, seems like a good topic. How to break and make habits. He talked about how. So for me. I use my personal anecdote. So when I code, at first I would code on my easy chair in the living room. And uh, But the easy chair is also the place where I sit when I watch television, when I play video games. And it was also the place where I would do my work, do my studying. And that became, like he told me in the book, he says... Like, don't associate your workspace with your play space, you know? Make a designation somewhere in your room or your house or apartment, whatever. Just make a little department for yourself where you only study and where you only watch TV and where you only eat. Like, don't mix these things because your brain, it 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 kind of... Some, sometimes your subconscious will like mix the two together and it'll be kind of harder to study when you're in the same place where you watch television, you know. So now I have a desk and I work there and that's all I do there. I'll study, I'll write down notes and all that good stuff just at the desk. And my easy chair is just for television and video games. I have a couch as well. I don't really use it that much. I think it's mainly for guests. It's a futon too, which is cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one way to kind of keep a habit going. Also, don't burn out. If you're trying to start something new, that that's where it goes back to the one minute of meditation or the just putting on your gym shorts. If you burn out too quickly, you know, then that's where the issue comes in. That might be the issue where people give themselves a New Year's resolution and they, they're all motivated, they're confident, they're energetic that they're going to start this new trend for themselves and by week two, it's all gone. You know, their motivation is just completely gone. I think a big problem with them is that they go too hard too soon you know they they go whole hog on the first day and now they're exhausted they're burnt out 
their body just wasn't used to it. And maybe you can keep that going for a little while, but you will eventually get exhausted. Not just physically, but mentally exhausted. That's the kind of fatigue that you want to limit. So if your resolution is to work out more, go to the gym four to five times a week, just just tell yourself you're going to do, you're going to work out for five minutes. Don't say you're going to be there for an hour or two hours. Just commit to five minutes. And it's up to you at that point if you want to keep going. Or actually, no. Don't even go further than five minutes. Once you hit your five minutes, just go home. And if you leave the gym wishing you've done more, that's probably a good thing, right? And maybe do five minutes straight for the first week. And then bump it up to ten. Obviously, I don't know if there's any merit to this. This is me just kind of throwing advice out there. So don't fully take my word for this, but maybe. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. Oh, sorry. Um, if you're someone who has a hard time committing to the gym, just do five measly minutes. If that's too much, do two minutes. And then once those five minutes are done, leave. Don't come back. Wait till the next day. It's probably better that you leave the gym wishing you've done more than leaving the gym exhausted and just sore as hell. Obviously, that feels good, too, in its own way. But you're trying to build a habit. You're trying to make a continuous... Uh, you're trying to make yourself show up every day. That's the thing you're trying to do. And once you condition yourself to showing up, then that's when you start to go longer. Once you know that you'll be coming here every day from now on, or however many days you plan on showing up. I think that's why you quit after five minutes. Because all you're trying to do is get in the habit of showing up. I I had an issue like this when I first started coding. I was doing four hours a day for like a solid month. And I got fatigued quickly doing that. I was tired a lot. And I went through a little period where I wasn't doing it after that. I got a month in, a four, a four hours a day, you know, that's... I don't know how many hours that is. That's probably 30 hours a week or so. But after a while, I did get burnt out. And I did have to take a step back. And it was really hard to step back in it after that. Well, So for me, I should have started off with just maybe 20 minutes. Maybe 20 to 30 minutes of doing it. And then step back. Maybe I thought I could do more. But who cares? Just step back. Just get in the habit of showing up because, like, even for me, I managed to do four hours a day for a solid month. You would think a month is long enough to form a, a new habit, but it, I don't think it is. I would, I would say it's closer to 90 days, like 
about three months. I'd say it's about that long. I've heard somewhere where it takes 18 days to make a habit, but I don't think that's the case at all. I've been reading, like, I've been a regular, consistent reader for maybe, uh, at this point, maybe five years. But I I don't know if I would call it a habit still, because I still feel like I need to force myself sometimes to do that. But that that's, maybe that's a different thing. Yeah, maybe maybe it is a habit because, sure, I think I like the amount I read now is definitely a lot more than the amount I read back in 2015, 2016, something, whenever I started reading. Like, because I, I, uh, I wrote down every book I read and the year... And the first year, I think I maybe read eight books. Next year, 12, then 18. And 2019 was 36 books. This year was 28. I was a little behind on this year. But I read bigger books. So maybe I read more pages, but, you know, less books. And also... I've been taking more notes with the books I read. So it takes longer for me to actually finish a book because I actually go back, reread, highlight. And then I think I mentioned this new exercise I'm doing where I have to rewrite it in my own words like 10 different times. It's it's very tedious, but it's working. So yeah, I think, yeah, maybe I did make it a habit after all these years. There was a period when I was dating this one girl where I wasn't reading for like two or three months. That's because my mind was occupied on something else. That 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 would be a whole other episode to get into. That'd be interesting to talk about because that was a big that was a big shift in my my mental state. That'd be an interesting episode for sure. But. Yeah, I think it takes a lot longer than three weeks to form a habit. A solid one, like a one with a good foundation. But I think the best thing you can do is start small. Don't burn out, dude. Same with studying. Like, I had to learn this the hard way. Um, The way I study, it's... I used to... Like, I would absorb all of this information that I had no comprehension of. And I would just kind of go over it and over it until my brain was fucking fried. But then I realized, no, I, I got to, like, start at the place where I know what I'm doing and then just slightly go above that. Just go slightly beyond what I already know and just make that my challenge. To get 1% better at this new thing. And just in those incremental steps, that's where change happens. But don't just go from... I don't know if I could use coding as an example because not many people know it. So in coding, you start off learning strings. At least with Python coding. And... What I would do is, 
I don't want to use this example because I think most people don't even understand this. But I would learn dictionaries after that, which is like a huge leap. It's like trying to like walk up stairs, but you're like walking up every fifth step. Like you're just stretching your legs out, trying to like make it further as, as far as possible in one step, you know? And uh, it just, it wasn't working out for me. I was just getting too tired, unmotivated. I did not want to go to the computer because I knew I was just going to be frustrated and start scratching at my scalp. That's what I do when I'm anxious. I start to like pick at myself. Like I'll, like I'll scratch my head, but in a way that's kind of like getting dead skin off me. It's kind of bad. But I, I caught myself doing that a lot whenever I was frustrated and confused. So I go a lot slower now. And I think, I think going more slowly is actually, in a way, you know, uh, speeding up my, my learning progress because I'm actually learning something day by day rather than taking a whole week to figure one thing out. It's better to just, it's better to learn one small thing every day than one huge thing every one or two weeks. That's probably better. Man, what's this episode going to be called? I feel like I've talked about three different things. But that's what works for me. Again, you know, we, we are all different. Some people, like their threshold for frustration is a lot higher than other people. Like, especially me. The one, the one threshold that I think I can do better than most people is my ability to be alone with myself. That's, you know, I, I, I would guess the average person can maybe handle, not necessarily like being alone, but could maybe tolerate being alone for two or three weeks. For me, I bet I could do it for two months. It's a weird thing to say. But again, you know, we're all different. We all have different limitations but for but for other people, what they could do, what some people could do better than me by far is uh, their their toleration for frustration when they're studying something. I I I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe for a little bit. You know, I did it for a solid month, four hours a day. But it's I could not maintain it. But my ability to be alone is it's quite it's it comes easy to me. I did I did realize though that I have been craving some social interaction lately because uh, I hung out at a friend's house the other day and I was like, well, man, I I've been talking for three hours straight. I wonder if he even got a word in. <laughs> and the same when I Facetime my friends, I like I start craving more FaceTime sessions. And I don't notice, I don't realize that I need it until it's happening. And I'm like, wow, I really did miss out on some talking because I am enjoying this. I forgot what it's like to have talked to friends again. Not just 
not just acquaintances, but friends you've known for a long time that you can tell anything to, where you can be your complete self. That's something I've been lacking. Because I have I have one friend in Utah. And it's cool. We we can connect pretty closely. You know, we we can get personal. So that's good. That's good. That we can we're we're already that comfortable with each other. That's that's very nice. Because when I was on my road trip, I did meet people. I was gone for two months. And I did meet people, but not I, there was no emotional build up, you know, uh, I would quickly say like, hi, nice to meet you. Okay. I'm going to Idaho now. There, it was, it was always that. So there's never actually any connection, no emotional bonding. It's just, Hey, nice to meet you. I'm John. Where are you from? Oh, okay. That's crazy. And, but there was no sitting down at two o'clock in the morning talking about your childhood traumas. Maybe if I was around longer, we could have got there, but I was always in a hurry to get to a new place. But yeah, different thresholds. We all got it. We all got it, baby. All right, this is a pretty solid episode. I'm at a thousand bars. I don't know how much that is, but I'll find out pretty soon. Sweet. This will come out on Tuesday, I imagine. But awesome. Okay, guys, have a good one. Peace out.